Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> Everybody, what's going on? Welcome to Android Faithful. I'm Jason Howell. I'm Gwynwood Al. And I'm Asal Ramon. Hey, it worked! It worked! Hey! I'm so happy. <laughs> I was like, I was freaking out. I'm sweating bullets. You can't see them, but I swear they're there. Uh, Ron is not. A little here. bit of context for those of you who are listening to the podcast audio only. Before we played the intro music, Jason was trying to figure out how this whole stream yard thing works. <laughs> because you you all, you know, whether you're watching or not, if you're just listening, you probably noticed there was no Ron at the top of the show. Ron has been doing this show every Tuesday since it launched, middle of uh, 2023. He yeah. finally gets a Tuesday evening off for all those fun Tuesday evening shenanigans. Shenanigans. I don't know what they are, but... You know, I'm, I'm sure they're fun I'm and certain, well well deserved. Yeah, I'm certain there's something on Tuesdays that he's been missing, uh, or, or maybe not. Maybe now he feels like he's missing Android Faithful, and he'll never take the Tuesday off again. Anyways, <laughs> it's good to hang out with you both in in the new year, 2024. It's going to be a great year. So Yay. excited! Mm-hmm. Um, everybody can uh, you know go visit our our wonderful home on the web androidfaithful.com if you want to find all the ways to help and support and check out past episodes it's all there that's all we really need to say about that um, but should we get into it because we, I mean I'm looking through this rundown and we actually have quite a few big stories like I think the question was do we have a show at the top of, like on, on the second does it need to happen was there any news and I think it's fair to say looking at this rundown there was definitely some news, so why don't we? Oh, yes. Why don't we get into it? And uh, you know, if we had a bumper, we'd play it right here, but we don't. So, Michelle, why don't you open things up for us? Sure, Jason. So, um, I think it was two weeks ago or last. It, time time has been a, a <laughs> weird happenstance with yes. the the break and everything. But um, leaker Camilla Wojcikowska, um, I, I always butcher her last name. Sorry about that. But she recently received an update to Google Play services and discovered while digging through it that the 
nearby share service, that service that lets you share files between your Android phones, your Android phone, your Chromebook, your Android phone, and your Windows PC might be getting rebranded to QuickShare. And for those of you with a Samsung phone might be familiar with the existing file sharing service called QuickShare, which is Samsung's version of nearby share. So this has led some to speculate, will Google and Samsung be partnering to rebrand nearby share into QuickShare so that you have only one file sharing service on Samsung devices? And then will this um, rebranded version of nearby share show up on all Android devices? Like, so like what is going on here? And I'm sure we'll, find out the answer to that soon because we have some major tech events coming up, including CES and then also the galaxy unpacked, Mm -hmm. um, which we'll talk about more later in the show. But uh, this is just, you know, a very interesting uh, potential rebranding because, you know, nearby share has been the branding Google has been using for ever since they launched nearby share since 2019, I think. Mm. And now they might just be calling it quick share, which honestly, I think is just a better name overall, like nearby share is something barely anyone still knows about. Like, I still have to educate friends and family that, hey, you can share files between Android devices using this service. And now, hopefully, with this new rebranding and marketing push, if that is what's happening, um, we'll get more and more users aware of the feature and more users uh, actually using it. I hope so. It just, when I first saw this, I, I think I actually shared it in our patron, uh, patron available Discord channel, uh, and kind of was just like, oh no, here we go again. They're renaming a thing again. But I mean, you're right, Michelle. There's not a lot of uptake on nearby share anyway. Samsung does probably have a lot more users of QuickShare. And I agree. It's a better name. QuickShare just is like really snappy. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just the, it's just the Google product name shuffle. A duffel yeah. duffel that is just so frustrating, but hey, why not? Especially if it if it would be you know the United Project and you and you made a really good um, point in your write up that if they don't if they if they don't merge it that there would be two quick shares on a Samsung device because you would have like the native <laughs> quick share and then the Samsung quick share which doesn't seem like a good idea and I feel like Samsung and Google talk a little bit closer talk a little yeah. more closely than that so that doesn't seem likely. Does quick share have I have to imagine it does, and I haven't used it. Um, have features that nearby share doesn't have, you know, Samsung? Absolutely. It actually has one really cool feature that allows you to actually share files with iPhone users, not directly like peer to peer, but what you can do is you can basically temporarily upload a file to Samsung's whatever their cloud storage is, and then you get a link that you can send to someone else to to download it. So that file gets temporarily stored somewhere and oh, then just quickly sends them right. to someone else. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So when this happens, it'll be, you know, I'll be curious to know if any of those features end up kind of being swallowed up by the Google ship or, you know, because if those two things are combining, if, if there truly is a Samsung quick share that offers all these extra features and then the Google version becomes the same name like that, that could get really confusing as well. Agreed. Yeah. So I suppose we shall see. Also, I think I, I would agree. I think QuickShare is probably a better name than Nearby Share. Um, neither, well, I guess QuickShare is more descriptive. Nearby Share, it's kind of like what. I mean, you, it's not bad because it, it doesn't bad, need to be someone but, nearby. Yeah, totally. It just doesn't roll off the tongue very well. No. Yeah, yeah it's one less syllable. Add that up over the course of your lifetime, the amount of times you say these out loud, and you probably you know have at least a few seconds that you've saved off your life. 
Well, the real question is, how does it compare to the name Airdrop? Because yeah, Well, you that's know. true. Because that was my initial thought was like, oh, well, is this descriptive enough? Like, is this obvious enough? Then I was like, well, okay, Airdrop. Like, that's Yeah, Airdrop not is at all. like, what is that? Yeah, what is that? You got to, so. yeah, you, you just end up trusting Apple. You know, people care more, I guess. Because oh, and plus Apple. Microsoft's version of this feature is called Nearby Sharing on Windows. Oh, right. So that's right. Are you, an extra that, level oh. of confusion there mm-hmm. because I having the two similar names. Super confusing. Yeah. Well, naming is hard. Naming is hard. I suppose so. And Google proves that every time they rename their products. <laughs> All right, Wayne, you got the next uh, one. Well, you know what else is hard? Keeping up with Apple. And to kind of close, this is a bit old news, but to kind of close the chapter on something that we've talked about quite a bit in December 2023. On December 21st, Beeper basically posted a announcement of their last update to Beeper Mini in an attempt to, you know, re 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 repair, you know, their iMessage bridge and make it work. Um, this fix isn't that great either. It's just like yet another iteration, more or less, of having a Mac device or a some kind of Apple hardware like help you do the iMessage registration. In this case, you actually need Beeper Cloud or a uh, sorry a um a uh, or, or an iPhone to get this to work. But that's kind of really not the important thing. The important thing is, is that actually this is the last update. And Eric Michikowski in that post announcing this update had said, hey, we're, we're kind of done playing cat and mouse with Apple. But it wasn't, they didn't really, he didn't really put, he didn't really, you know, um, you know, close the book quietly. Most of the post actually, if you read through it, and I, I do highly recommend it uh, up on Beeper's own blog, is actually directly addressing a lot of the claims that Apple made in a statement to The Verge, kind of that one week where, you know, Beeper was really trying to keep up with Apple and and continually fix iMessage. And there was even talk of like U.S. Congress folks getting involved. And then at that point, Apple did make a statement to Verge, kind of making all kinds of claims. Like, And we've, we've talked a lot about these already, so I don't want to go into it too, too much detail. But Eric kind of goes through some of the more the most like kind of major claims that Apple makes about, you know, security and privacy of the user you know, like, and, and kind of addressing them directly, which I, I really appreciate. And, and, and Eric for much, much, much to his credit and the credit of his team has stayed on message. And I think the two that are really worth mentioning, which are basically claims of Apple that are kind of like counter to like basically trying to like, you know, overturn, oh, we don't need beeper. You don't need beeper. You just need Apple. And here are the reasons. I think the two that are super interesting, or at least that probably will have the most room for debate is number one, well, Apple's going to support RCS next year. Uh, and Acro- Eric basically echoes the same doubt that many, many of us have on this side of the bubbles that we're kind of doubting whether the Apple implementation will be a real viable solution that will kind of make put everyone on a on an uh, even playing field rather than being with more performative implementation to get regulators off their back. And he also, again, reiterates, I mean, he said that before, but, you know, Beeper worked and is here already so why not have a solution now than some nebulous time in the future and i think the one point that might be the hardest to argue or that i found kind of difficult to defend with friends which i I thought eric did a decent job at at bringing up again is apple saying that they are well within their rights to run imessage how they see fit and just to read off exactly what eric said like this might be true if apple was a small company but they aren't they control more than 50 percent of the u.s smartphone market and lock customers into using apple's official app for text text texting. And so uh, Eric is basically calling into, again, a lot of what we've been talking about over the last several months and a lot of the, you know, both the actual legal motioning, the kind of legislative motioning, and just the general sentiment of, you know, government and, you know, various countries break kind of cracking down on the antitrust, any competitive 
you know, markets that they see both from Google and in Apple. And again, kind of evoking, you know, a lot of the things that they've talked about and, and all the work that's been done in Congress. So I, I think if you're, if you had any stakes in the game, go ahead and please read Eric's article and just, you know, I still just say good job, Eric and the team at Beeper for fighting the good fight. But for now, the fight is, I don't know, over, but paused. Uh, and we'll see what happens. I mean, are um, either of you surprised? I'm not no, surprised. No, I mean, and, and nobody's least. surprised, right? I mean, yeah. we kind of saw this coming. It was just a point of when. They there was a lot of hope, though. You know, like, yeah. I mean, this this was not a got a little press sort of thing. This got major no. press yeah. and major coverage. And, people, you know, I I don't know. I think the, the whole time, I don't know if I'm just cynical or whatever, but the whole time I was like, like the, I applaud the effort and I really applaud the reasons why. But I, like you're crazy if you think that Apple is just going to be like, oh, well, I guess there's nothing we can do about this. We'll just go ahead and acquiesce. Like they're just not going to do that. This doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, but I applaud Beeper for having the the guts to like step into this war and do it, even though it was a small moment in time. For for even to do it that long, you know, they really they they committed to it, and uh, I understand, you know, them. Well, they kind of they hooked into back. a zeitgeist. They got like Congress people writing letters. Yeah, about it. absolutely. Congress people on both sides of the aisle write, writing a letter about it, and maybe that is maybe, enough for now. Totally. Maybe the story is not done. The story isn't. Beeper Mini saves the day. The story is Beeper Mini, you know, put a crack into something that leads to a larger, you know, a larger thing down the line. And we just haven't got there yet. I I can't wait to compare, though, whatever Apple's RCS implementation is with what Beeper was. Because, I mean, for anyone that used Beeper Mini, it actually was pretty nice. I mean, even though Mm -hmm. it was not, you know, fully featured, even though it was like very nascent in its implementation, it it was just nice. And and my iPhone friends were having fun, like, you know, using their iMessage features with me and, and likewise. So I guess we'll, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see whatever Apple has to test, has to show. And then, of course, I'll be directly comparing it to Bieber and probably making fun of them if it doesn't pan out. So just warning you, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that 48 hours or however long Bieber yeah. really lasted was amazing. Yeah, it right. Was, exactly. Was like it was, it, was a, it was a glimpse into what it could be. And, oh, you know, yes. Right. <laughs> if, if this was just the way it was, wouldn't that be a nice world to live in? Um, well, the world that we do live in is a world filled with premium smartphones, apparently, <laughs> according to CounterPoint Research, uh, who says premium smartphone sales for devices that cost more than $600 increase 6% year over year. They had actually, um, actually, I don't know if it was they or if they were just noting that there was a projected decline of the premium smartphone market in the past year, yet you know, it turns out six percent year over year increase last year. Um, you know, it was it was it was less, and this year instead of dropping even further, it's more. So twenty four percent of smartphones now fall into the premium category. That's up from twenty one percent last year. Um, yeah, what does this say about? Is this is this uh, foldables? You know, the, the, like partially related to foldables. I know that the markets that are driving this growth are markets like China, Western Europe, India, Middle East. Africa, at least that's what they denoted. India, the fastest growth market uh, market for premium devices currently. But when we're talking about you know more than six hundred dollar phones, and actually they even call out 
the $1,000 plus market responsible for a third of the premium market sales in 2023. And I have to imagine most of those devices are the premium foldables. Maybe, you know, you've got your Samsung Ultras and stuff like that falling into that category. But what, what do these numbers actually mean about where we're at with smartphones? I'm kind of curious about how a definition of premium has or hasn't changed because yeah. if you're if we're labeling phones costing $600 or more as premium, like the price of flagship phones has steadily been increasing like yeah. year over mm-hmm. year. You remember when Agreed. the first phone that broke the $1000 mark, I think it was some Samsung like Ultra or Plus phone mm-hmm. yeah. and then it was a big deal and yeah. now $1000 is just the norm. Yeah. yeah. for like the highest end flagships. Totally. So maybe we got to like rethink that definition of what premium actually means. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Sorry, go. No, no, sorry. But because I feel like 600, 600 is getting, it still could be mid-range. I mean, like I know, I know we've kind of waffled a bit. I mean, I, I personally kind of waffle a bit on what I find mid-rangey, but I, I do agree with you. Like the way that I would count flagship at least 800 above these days, at least from what we usually talk about these days on the on on the show. But I do agree with you, Jason, that there might be something there with like the ultra, ultra expensive phones, like the foldable is just really pushing it up. And I also wonder, like, is there anything to a lot of the kind of, because it, it seems counter, right? Because we keep, we keep, we kept hearing research and, and, and opinions on, you know, the economy's bad people. There's a lot of, you know, uh, instability in the market. People are really trying to hold on to their money, inflation, all these bad terms. And it, it seems like th- that would point to I don't know, at least in the U.S. And the, again, maybe that's also the flaw in the logic is like I'm thinking from a U.S. perspective to drive demand you know, down for premium phones. But I don't know. There's something also to be said that if companies are promising longer you know, support windows and replaceable batteries, that it is more reasonable to, you know, it, it might mm. open the market to premium more because people think that they can invest $1,000 and it might last them longer than two to three years. I don't know. That, that's I don't a great, know that's that, a great but, point. Yeah, absolutely. I think most people who are buying these phones aren't buying them at full retail price. There's that's, so many yeah, deals, carrier exactly. deals, trade-ins, et cetera. Et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I can't, my kids over the holiday break kept noticing that there was like some T-Mobile ad where it was like, buy up, you know, we'll give you up to four iPhone, you know, whatever the latest iPhone is uh, <laughs> for free. You know, when you sign up, they're like, what dad, iPhone? we yeah. should do that so that I can get a new iPhone. And I'm like, no, yeah, you know, like, like my I'm, dad deals like that exist, right? Yeah. Like just for just one example, my dad recently got the Galaxy Z Fold 5. MSRP for the 512 gigabyte model is like $1,920. Mm-hmm. He bought it for $700 mm. because they had a discount where they lowered the price of the 512 to be equal to 256 And then they also had like this $250 discount. And then he also got another $1,000 discount because he traded in his trade Note in. 20 Ultra. Mm-hmm. They're trading in a Note 20 Ultra from like three and a half years ago to get $1,000 yeah. off. And then he, has, he also had like a first responder discount. So it's just crazy amount of stacked coupons and discounts to drive the price of that phone way down. So then our manufacturers doing this for reports like this that say, hey, see, <laughs> it's proven in the market. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, how many you're that's a really great point. How many of those people are actually paying that cost for it? I mean, sure, certainly there's a number of people that are, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of fuzzy math then when you think of it through that lens. It has a bigger really story than just the numbers, as is usual. But it is that is really interesting, though. I really didn't anticipate like the title of this 
uh, article coming up on my 2024 bingo card, which is very empty right now. I, yeah, uh, no, I, I didn't either, right? Like that's that's a report that really goes counter to what I think a lot of people have been saying about the past year. Oh, everybody's you know really watching what they're spending. They're not they're not buying smartphones as much as as they used to or whatever. And I suppose this report is not saying that more people are buying smartphones, but they are saying that the premium smartphone market specifically is doing better than you probably thought it was than i thought it was anyways and speaking yeah. of doing better than you thought it was i think i read <laughs> in that report that uh, samsung and huawei specifically actually grew year over year yeah and apple declined um that's right yeah you know, in, in place of apple yeah which is kind of surprising like huawei is not a name you would think to have grown you know in 2023 considering how devastated they were by the U.S. trade ban and all that's been happening, but totally. I guess you know they kind of made a quiet, like a, a really shocking resurgence because of their Mate 60 launch, their P60 launch, and mm-hmm. like all the, uh, the the reports that Chinese government workers are no longer allowed to buy iPhones. Like, there's a lot going on for them, and it's kind of a interesting time to see Huawei come back as a potential player in the smartphone field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. All right, and uh, one more before we get to the patron pick, Michelle. That's right, and uh, this one might be an exciting feature for those of you who like to hold on to your phones for a long time because, as you know, the longer you use your phones, the more likely it is that you might need to replace its battery because, you know, batteries degrade over time. It's lithium. It's just basic chemistry with the way you use and charge your batteries. Um, And many devices now offer a feature that lets you see what estimated percentage of your battery is remaining? So like, you know, you have a 5,000 milliamp hour battery, like you've been charging it, discharging it for a full year. Maybe the remaining capacity is now at 95% of its original. And like on iPhones, you can see this percentage on OnePlus phones. They also show this percentage. And it looks like Pixel phones may be potentially getting the same feature in the near future. Um, while we were digging through the Android 14 QPR 2 beta, we... Uh, that is Nail Sidikov from the Google News Telegram group and myself discovered a hidden settings page that shows you the battery health as a percentage of the original capacity. And there's a whole bunch of setting strings and like some assets that indicate this feature is coming and in the works. And we've been tracking the related APIs in Android itself that suggest this feature is also on the way. And um, there's also some related additions that might be coming to further augment this feature, such as the ability for the uh, Android system apps to be able to read the serial number of a battery and also determine whether or not it's the original battery or it's a replacement battery. And we don't exactly know how Google or Android or OEMs might be using this information, but um, you know, maybe they'll show you, are you using the original battery, are you using a replacement battery? Maybe there might be some you know, lockout, and happen, lockout involved, like there's been some criticism and controversy around Apple doing something like that, you know, like where it warns you, you're using a, an unoriginal battery, but we don't know if Google is going to be doing something similar to that. Hmm. Hopefully not. And hopefully all they're doing is just, you know, helping you to determine when you need to replace your battery. If your battery is just like lost a lot of its capacity, it's kind of useful information because you can't really measure this kind of thing on your own, yeah. right? Totally. You got to like use an app like AccuBattery. You got to um, do a whole bunch of charge discharge cycles over several weeks and apps like these only work after you've installed them, which might have been yep. like a year worth of data of charging and discharging is useless because the app can't collect any of that data, but your operating system and your battery itself can. So this something like this would be much more accurate and much more useful to the user. 
So it's not pulling any any information specifically from the battery. It's really just analyzing how, at, if at any time it's been replaced, how often, like the the kind of calendar around or the schedule around when it's been charged, how much has been depleted, and stuff like that over time to make an estimate as far as what it believes it's at. Well, right. it actually might be pulling some information directly from like the battery, the the circuit and like the charging circuit and things like that because like there's like low level code that suggests yeah. it's going to be whatever the Android OS is interfacing with the battery and the, and the charging um, you know the chips there's some like new fields that suggest it can pull information that is provided to the OS from those chips mhm mhm yeah, it does depend on the manufacturer though, because that's kind of in the layer of software that OEMs yeah. have a responsibility to um, to implement. But I actually find this really interesting, and I wonder. You know, it's it's kind of funny because I, I was. It is available with an API, and it's kind of funny because it feels like there's like in my mind like two general groups that want this. I mean, one being Google uh, and OEMs, and the other being people that write apps that help you with your battery health. So I just think it, find it really fascinating as an API, but maybe it's an API to help, like, I don't know, OEMs and other folks that do more kind of like their own kind of proprietary flavor of things to do it. But I, I, I'm kind of interested to see if there's any interplay with this and whether Google will leverage this for like adaptive charging or something. Like, mm. if it knows that your battery is like really uh, poopy maybe it'll be more aggressive about sending you messages like, Hey, like, you know, uh, you need to use adaptive charging because your battery health is low or your battery health has dropped like some percentage over the last week. Hey, maybe try adaptive charging instead of like, I don't know what I do and just charge my phone up to hundred percent all the time. Cause I'm always nervous about not having charge. So I'm probably just like defeating myself over the long run. But yeah, it's just really interesting to see these kind of APIs come up. It's cool. Yeah. I think you're actually, you're exactly right. Cause uh, I mentioned in the article, there's like, code for like a tip to be sent to the user in mm-hmm, the settings mm-hmm. that like whenever their battery health is poor and already if you have a pixel 8 or a recent pixel phone on the qpr or the december release there's like a battery kind of there's like a battery charging troubleshooting page that oh, you can yeah, go yeah, to yeah. that gives you some instructions so they could easily tie those two together and like introduce more tips for uh what you need to do if your battery health is you know becoming poor yeah, like take you right to, right to the settings or something. You'd be like, "Hey, turn yeah. this on. Turn that thing, that thing, turn it on." So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think, and I think your point is is really good. That like we're at a point now where more and more, you know, with the update promises, with the level of the hardware and the quality of the hardware that's hitting a lot of these smartphones, as consumers, we will have more of an expectation of longevity out of these devices. And so knowing things like this, especially when batteries are such a huge point of of failure long term for why a device doesn't make it, um, you know, years and years, like you're going to need to know this stuff in order for for those companies to be able to maintain their commitments to a seven-year update cycle on a device and and for you as a user to actually enjoy the experience when you do that, you know? <laughs> so It is sad how, how advanced our phones are and how, how uh, indispensable they are. And then the batteries just go to poop like yeah, so fast. Totally. Just so fast. Just like we're in the yeah. future mostly. And then there's like this part that just feels like a little bit like, why are we in the dark age we of need. these batteries that don't just last like, you know, forever? Yeah. Yeah. We need so. some some step up. All right. We got the patron Well, it is time to talk about the patron pick. So every week uh, we post on Mondays three stories and we let our wonderful patrons like this week's patron shout out receiver, Mohammed Alayar. I am sorry if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly, but if you're like Mohammed and you're a patron, 
uh, you get to vote on three stories every Monday for us to cover today on Tuesdays. And there were some good stories this week, y'all. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, the ones that did not win this week on episode 25 are uh, first TikTok music could get a lossless audio option. Um, maybe us, our demographic is less TikTok-y and more I don't know, something else. E. Uh, the other uh, unfortunate loser this week with, uh, well, the TikTok story got 7%. 21% of you wanted us to talk about uh, talk about Google Messages, custom bubble colors being limited to RCS. But unsurprisingly, and also, you know, I'm with you there. I would have voted for this one too if I voted. Uh, the winner this week for the Patreon pick is Google Maps driving mode on Android might go away in 2024 uh and and this is yet another in the apple <laughs> in the apple feature hokey pokey where we put a feature in and we take a feature out <laughs> we put a feature in and we name it all about you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around and that's what google's all about um so <laughs> wow you <laughs> so committed to that i'm, I'm, I'm i did i really did i'm sorry <laughs> i had to um i was a little too excited about doing the hokey pokey for everybody for the new year but yeah so the <sighs> folks over at nine to five google's apk insight have been seeing signs specifically ui text that indicate that the google maps driving mode which is part of google maps and activates whenever you start navigation directions and is this little black bar uh that you kind of can pull up like a bottom sheet and that contains, you know, tiles of like, you know, audio apps, media, messaging, all kinds of like things that, that have a driving mode that comes up automatically. Well, if you like that, it might be going away very soon. Um, and they basically just found some hidden, uh, not yet displayed UI text that indicates that it will be kind of being deactivated. I think it said February or something. Maybe I, for some reason mm -hmm. I, I have February in my head, mm -hmm. but yeah, it looks like it's going away. Um, and it, what will be left without it? Just navigation. I mean, that I say that and it feels funny because we used to just have navigation. You just had to pay attention. But it's just so weird because <laughs> we talked last while time. while driving. Whatever. Pay attention while just 100%. Well, without music. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> sad and boring. But um, I mean, we talked last year about uh, when they tried to add a driving mode to Google Assistant, which I think I remember none of us liking, especially those of us that already have Android Auto, which was that dashboardy thing card thing that showed up specifically in google assistant i remember i didn't like it yeah, and that already went away yeah didn't like it didn't didn't fit as well i did i do use google maps driving mode all the time and now that's going away so i don't know maybe they're just refocusing efforts on android auto who knows but um yeah if you use it um don't don't get uh, try to try to try to give it your thanks thank it thank it for a service and then say goodbye because go it ahead like and it's push going. one of those three buttons that shows up there it, i mean <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like I use it because when I'm using maps and I'm playing media on my phone, which happens a lot, yes. like it's down there. And so I would inter interact with it sometimes, but it's so, it was so limited. Like it was, it was like the opposite of what the other mode was, you know, where yeah. it kind of like gave you all the options and laid it out. This one was like, no, we're only giving you two things you can do. You can pause or you can skip forward 30 seconds. That's all you can do. That's all you'll ever need to do. And then if you need to do more than that, then you got to go into the app experience. And that just requires more tapping than less. And, and I don't and more know. Danger. Yeah. <laughs> more danger. More yeah. distraction. Yeah, yeah, I just wonder if that's it. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it just had really abysmal usage rate, like use statistics. Because for right. me, whenever I had to rely on just my phone for navigation, I would just have Google Maps running. And then I would separately have already started some podcast or just YouTube music. And I would never, I'd never even bother. I don't think, I don't remember the last time I actually used the driving mode in Google Maps, like actually right. open the UI and change anything else. All I did was add music playing in the background or a podcast and then just 
Pause. Google Maps navigation UI. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I never, I never used it, or I shouldn't say never. I rarely used it to like open up the the icons and go into some yeah. other mode or whatever. Yeah. The only time I ever really used it for the most part was to pause what I was listening to. You know, pretty much, but, or skip through. But I mean, like when that. it's connected via Bluetooth, like I could do that on the screen. Uh, you know, in my Sequoia, um, which is my main vehicle, um, and it's just on the screen there anyway. So I would have little reason to do it up there. It just, yeah, it probably got really horrible usage. That's got to be the explanation. Yeah. It, it would be nice if Google opened up a way for you to run Android Auto on device because it is possible. Yeah. Like Android Auto We've is literally there. already running on your device. <laughs> your head unit is just a, a wireless or wired display for Android Auto being run on your device. Yeah. And there are third-party apps that let you launch the Android Auto server and then stream the display onto the device. So you're technically running everything Android Auto on your device. The only problem I'm guessing is the dealing with scaling issues because like mm. most phones are just not designed with the appropriate aspect ratio and resolutions to run mm-hmm. Android nicely. Like a lot of head units are very predictable. They're like 16 by 9, mm-hmm. 7 inches or 10 inches or whatever, you know. But uh, if you were running Android on, on, on your phone with these wonky 21 by 9, 22 <laughs> by 9, really tall, stretched out aspect ratios or even foldables with even weirder aspect ratios, it just doesn't look very good. Yeah. Well, that was our patron pick of the week. Um, And if you want to participate in the patron poll and pick a story for us to hokey pokey, I wanted to put more P words in there. Um, Like Muhammad, you can go find our patron at patron.com slash Android faithful. And thanks again to our patrons for both supporting us and for voting in the poll this week and letting us talk about Google maps or N- without driving mode. I'm surprised the the messaging didn't get the the most votes again. Maybe people are finally getting sick of the messaging thing. I don't know. <laughs> when I saw it as one of the options, I was like, oh, that thing's going to win. And it didn't. I thought so, so too. Yeah. But I was hoping for the driving mode because it makes me mad. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we should all cover more things that make us mad. <laughs> no, more happiness, more happiness. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some happiness. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
All right, it's time for some hardware, and I get to tell you a little bit about what Samsung's got hiding up its sleeve. We've been hearing a little bit of rumor here and there that there was going to be some sort of event this month, that is January, is now 2024, January 2nd today. At January 17th, it was rumored that there was going to be an event, and sure enough, it's happening. Shortly before the show, the announcement was made that uh, there would be a Samsung Galaxy Unpacked happening in San Jose, January 17th. Now, that's a Wednesday. It's happening at 10 a.m. Pacific. So, you know, Samsung does this on purpose. They're like, when is Android Faithful recording? Tuesday. Okay, we're going to go the day after so that Android Faithful will talk about the event and the developments when uh, when they come back the following uh, Tuesday. So it's totally done on purpose. Just trust me on that behind the scenes. Um, just to spite us. <laughs> <laughs> just to spite us. Um, Michelle, you going? You're gonna be you're gonna be amongst the people there. Is that happening? Um, I I hope so. You hope so. Yeah. I hope so too. Yeah. Um, I have not received an invite yet. I'm hoping to see if I can dig it up because San Jose is like right around the corner. So, um, so hopefully I can get there and take a look at the S24, the S24 Ultra. Um, is it the S24, S24 Plus, and the S24 Ultra? I think. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, they're rumored to be doing the same uh, three devices in the series again. Yeah, so regular got, plus and ultra. There as we usual. go, regular plus and ultra. As you can see, leaked images if you're watching the video version. This is an article on Android Authority that shows some of the leaked images and pieces of them anyways. Um, you know, kind of more of the same as far as the, as the design yep. is concerned. I think you know this is just kind of the Samsung, you know, Galaxy S series uh, design language with the... I don't know what you call them. Are those teardrop cameras, whatever, when they're kind of like alone by themselves? There's no uh, camera bump or anything like that. They just—I've been calling it a hole punch. Hole punch, but hole like hole protrusion. <laughs> 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 no, not as much of a punch as it is protruding well, out. It's, it's it's like the back of the page of a hole punch when you hole punch things in school. It's like the back where yes, the, exactly the where, actually the, goes where the punch is going think, out. Is is that how punches work? Maybe it's it's been a long time since school, y'all. <laughs> it's so, okay. We don't need to know that. math here or, or schooly things. We just need to know that we look at these devices and we go, that looks pretty. Um, some of the things uh, that we're going to see, uh, the S Pen uh, working with the Ultra. So you can see it kind of you know, on these renders anyways, paired with the Ultra. So that's going to happen. 200 megapixel camera on the Ultra is going to be one of those cameras that you're going to see. Nitography zoom, so that's zoom even in low light. Um, for And I think that goes for all of the cameras are going to have that feature. Although I have to imagine with the Ultra, you're going to get probably a better, you know, a better optical zoom uh, sort of experience so that that might look better. Um, rumors are that the Ultra will have a titanium build. I don't know if that's Ooh. an option or a standard, but titanium build there. And then we also got some leaks of some features um, of Galaxy AI, which is something that Samsung's definitely going to be talking about. There, you know, we've kind of been seen some leaky goodness around that terminology. Um, live language translation within a phone call. So if you're talking, I guess, I'm assuming, if you're talking to someone and you don't speak the same language, but you're on the phone, which that's interesting, um, Samsung phones will uh, do live translation. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be a demo on stage that's going to show off how that goes because that sounds like it could be really confusing. But if done well, that sounds amazing. 
and then a generative edit, which is you know kind of kind of what you would expect: generative AI doing things like moving or review, moving uh, objects from photos, filling empty space, maybe depending upon what you tell it to put there. Um, although that requires, and I think this is interesting requires a Samsung account and an internet connection, which tells me that some of this stuff is not happening on the device, which I feel like 2024 with the AI improvements that we're going to see in smartphones, as a user, I want it on device. And I, you know, we know that the, the Pixel is going to be doing that because Google's really leaning into that and, and emphasizing that. I'm kind of surprised that Samsung's not, at least according to what these rumors are saying. What do you all think? I'm really excited because this will be the first smartphone with the not the, not the first smartphone, but the Smurf fart mar, first the smartphone. Smurf fart phone. <laughs> the first smartphone we can buy in the U.S. with the Snapdragon 8 Gen 3 processor and and like all the oh, yeah. as you mentioned, Jason, there's a whole bunch of generative AI features that are in the works. Some of them will be on device, some of them won't be. I'm, I'm I really want to see like how they're going to be leveraging the 8 Gen 3 and yeah. um, its processing capabilities to run AI tests on device. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, I'm still kind of caught up uh, with the, with the Smurf fart phone. I think that's <laughs> really needs to be <laughs> really needs to be a phone. Um, I would love to see that and not smell it. Um, so <laughs> don't smell that phone. That's a, that's a horrible phone to smell. <laughs> smell that one, but not that one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully we can get, a get our hands on some of these devices, get into the event is, is my hope. So we will be, uh, keeping track of this, uh, as we get closer, which is, it's only a couple of weeks away. So we're going to get an avalanche of hardware here in a couple of weeks. It's good oh, yeah. Care. By the way, um, if you're on the internets on the Samsung Galaxy Unpack Day, I am planning to be on DTNS later that day. Um, so unfortunately, we are on Tuesdays, but uh, DTNS on, on that Wednesday will have me on to pontificate about what got announced. So um, if you're interested, tune into DTNS and see me like again, talk about Samsung on, on, on the Wednesday and then you'll get all of us the next Tuesday. But in that's case right. You just couldn't wait for us. Uh, you can get me at least on Wednesday. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, uh, it's always it's time to talk about nothing. Uh, <laughs> the joke that always keeps on giving. Oh, well, so <laughs> we've been we've had some leaks or kind of like rumors about the nothing phone 2A. 2A being, of course, nothing's flavor of everybody's favorite uh name for their mid-range series, A series. So the nothing phone 2A is continuing to be leaked. And we have a few more specific details about these specs. And these come from Roland Quants Quant, Quant, on Twix. Twitter or X formerly known as Twitter. I feel like X has become like Prince now, like for that phase where Prince, it was, it wasn't, it was the artist formerly known as Prince. And that was just the whole name. Um, it's like the social network formerly known as Twitter, but now X. Um, but so anyway, Roland has released some specs on the nothing to a for a little leaky peaky. So far, it seems what we're going to get an 8 RAM, 128 gigabyte, sub 400 euro, which as the time of this recording is 438 USD uh, version, as well as a 12 gigabyte RAM, 256 gigabyte storage, plus 400 euro version, uh, white or black. Um, rumors say that the nothing phone 2A will be rocking the MediaTek Dimensity, set, Dimensity 7200 and likely have an FHD plus display. And I mean, we don't know much else about it, but we are kind of looking forward to MWC in February and seeing 
If it gets announced, and actually uh, Carl Pei himself tweeted a New Year's message that seemed to maybe hint also at New Year, new phone. It was very enigmatic. It was just kind of like a tweet with, I don't know, just something very new. I, I, I didn't quite get the tweet itself, <laughs> but it said new phone in there. So yeah, it came from Carl new, Pei himself. New Year, that's new a, me, New Year. Little, little, little. That's an aerodactyl from Pokemon. Yeah, It's a Pokemon. Okay. So, that's the um, name from the phone, supposedly. Is it? Okay. I wasn't sure if, if it was also referenced because this is uh, the next Lunar New Year's and you're the dragon. But okay, cool. So it's a Pokemon. <laughs> Where's Flo? They've, they've been using Pokemon names for their previous. Uh, oh, really? Phones, like code names, yeah. Like so one, I think uh, Nothing Phone Two was Alakazam, or was that the Nothing Phone One? Either way, it, it's just continuing the trend. Okay, so yeah, if you are looking for a proper mid ranger uh, and you want some other A series, not just the Samsung A series, not just not just the Pixel A series, you might get your Nothing A series hmm. in February. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, and they, you know, on this, how do you guys feel about these specs that we're seeing? Uh, interested? Not interested? Interest? Cheap enough? Like four hundred thirty-eight USD for a for these specs? Yeah. Uh, how's that feeling? What do you think, Michelle? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a hopefully. Uh, hopefully, the software will be nice. I, I'm yeah. more interested in they are hyping this phone up a lot, and uh, I hope a lot of users don't get their hopes up too much like expecting a flagship year device because that's clearly what this is oh, not yeah, going to be. Absolutely oh, not. not. <laughs> yeah. People, yeah. People can have that expectation. They're going to be disappointed. What I want to know is, is there going to be some flashy led on the back out of a $400? It better I've, for, I mean, right. Like it's, <laughs> it's kind of lame that that's like the, you know, the thing that I'm thinking of, but, but at the same time, like that, that is, kind of of their doing they've really leaned into the our design is different than anything else out there largely because of this like identification you know uh, notification system on the back with the uh with the glyphs and everything like that um a 400 you know mid-range device that yeah how does it compete with the other mid-range uh powerhouse devices out there and it has you know kind of a unique notification flashlight uh system on the back I guess yeah, that could that could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, cousin of John chat um, made me laugh. I, I had a whole back by laughter because um, uh, they said nothing is nothing without the back LED, which is perfect. That was the wrong yeah. one. There we go. There we go. Nothing you, is nothing John. without. I, ha- the black. I had to like hold back my laughter on air, but that was. I think I think that's true, and I think uh, <laughs> it was very apt because man, nothing really does. That's a name just keeps on giving. So thank you for that. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. They were mm-hmm. like, they were like, just wait until we watch all the press just like stumble over themselves trying to like pronounce our our name, you know, in in sentences and not, you know, do double takes all the time. They knew what they were doing. All right, Michelle, you got the last one. What you got? So for this next smartphone, we're going to talk about. We don't have to wait nearly as long to see what it's all about because the OnePlus Twelve R, as we mentioned on our last show will be coming to North America, and the launch event supposedly is happening this week, January 4th in China, to be more precise, and then followed by January 23rd global launch, according to um, noted OnePlus leaker Max Jambor on Twix, who shared the rundown of specifications. So this smartphone will have a 6.78-inch Pro XDR display with LTPO 4.0. So basically, it's just going to have, it's going to support the 1 to 120 hertz refresh rate dynamic changing between the refreshes instead of like discrete um, refresh rate modes. It'll have a Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 instead of the newer 8 Gen 3. But um, I guess the reason for that is because the 
the R series has typically been more their value flagship. The the uh, OnePlus 13, which should be coming out, I guess, um, in the near future, should have the 8 Gen 3. But this one, meanwhile, will have the previous generation 8 Gen 2. And it'll also have 8 or 16 gigabytes of LPDDR5X RAM, 128 or 256 gigabytes of UFS 3.1 or UFS 4.0 storage, a 5,500 milliamp hour battery, which is pretty significant for, um, you know, a slab smartphone of this size. Mm-hmm. And then 100 watt SuperVOOC charging. I'm kind of curious if it'll actually charge at that speed in the US because those of you who remember the OnePlus 10 Pro, it supported 80 watt charging outside of the US and only 65 watt charging mm. in the US. And OnePlus said that was because of the the fact that their charging um, SuperVOOC didn't support the 110, 120 volt um, AC power in, in the States. So um, who knows if that 100 watt will remain when they release the phone in the U.S., but it's still interesting to see the, such a staggeringly fast charging rate. <laughs> and then the camera it has a 50 megapixel IMX5 890 plus an 8 megapixel ultra wide plus a 2 megapixel macro. So it kind of seems like um, where they're skimping out is the cameras. You have a 50 megapixel, which is probably the only one you're going to care about. The 8 megapixel yeah. ultra wide and 2 megapixel macro kind of seem like throwaways here. Um, hopefully, if the price is not too high, you're not going to have it's not going to be too much of a compromise here because this really seems like you just focus on the one main camera. You have these crazy fast performance. You have a really nice display, and hopefully, if it's not too expensive, this will be a, a pretty good value pickup. Is this uh, yeah? What what category is this? Is this going up against the Nothing Phone Two A, or is this going because actually this, this seems like it's a Nothing Phone Two competitor nothing phone two which in my mind and I'm, I'm kind of making the connection earlier in the news we were talking about the premium smartphone market growth yeah and how mm-hmm. that was what was it six hundred dollars and up i think mm-hmm. 500 600 dollars mm-hmm. and up 600 yeah but there really is a differentiation between the 600 to like 800 or 600 yeah. to 900 and then yeah. the 900 or a thousand and up from there so it's almost like there's there's like a low premium and a high premium and this would be like a low premium <laughs> you know yeah, I don't know what the better word would be for a low premium, but um, anyways, yeah. Interesting. All right, the OnePlus 12R. Okay. Well, and then we have some app news. We've got it all this week on Android Faithful, starting with you, Wynn. Yeah, so I know I know we just mentioned that, you know, the Google Maps driving mode is going away, uh, which you may or may not be sad with, but hey, in exchange... You're going to get a fun feature with Android Auto, which actually is on by default. So if you have a static wallpaper, not your fancy live wallpapers or anything like that, but if you have a static wallpaper and you connect to Android Auto, that unit will actually reflect the wallpaper on your phone uh, on the Android Auto display. And it is on the, by default. If you, for some reason, don't care for that, uh, no worries. You can go to the settings in your Android Auto UI and turn off what was it called again? Sorry, I had it in my notes and I was just reading off the screen. Uh, you can turn off uh, use phone wall, phones wallpaper in Android Auto. Again, no static images or only static images, no fancy specialized or live wallpapers. But yeah. if you wanted to zhuzh up your Android Auto hub, there you go. Uh, Google's doing it for you with your very own wallpaper. Uh, I really want to try this, but I feel like I'm not going to see the wallpaper very much because I always use like the tiled mode because I'm always mm, going somewhere yeah. and have my tunes up. So. Right. Yeah, you always have an app running. Like, how often do you see that that background 
anyways. Yeah, but. yeah. For audio stream users only, uh, uh, listeners only, the the main images that are promoting this show the application tiles over the wallpaper. I don't drive around with the the application icons up personally, but didn't want to poo 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 it too much. It's still pretty cool, uh, and you should see it again by default if you have your Android Auto gone and have kind of phone connected. So there you go. It's your personal wallpaper brand following you all over all of your Android devices. Yes, so other people can see your good or bad wallpaper choices yeah, if they're in the car with choices you. of wallpaper. Okay, well, um, that's that's that. I, I mean, I, okay, that seems like a uh, <laughs> fairly useful feature, I suppose. Uh, I still don't have Android Auto, so I can't I can't enjoy all of these amazing features. Um, but I do have the Google Clock, Michelle. So at least there's that. Uh, tell me what what I can look forward to there. Yeah, so Google Clock app is now showing a redesigned version of the um, page where it shows you like the, the weather forecast whenever you dismiss an alarm. So for a little bit of context, when Google released the Pixel 8, they also released a new Pixel weather app that integrates with the Google Clock app. And this weather app just provides weather information to the Google Clock app so that you can um, add like a home screen widget and then you can also see the local weather for the place you put on the clock. And they also um, started rolling out this page, this like uh, page that you get whenever you dismiss an alarm. It shows you the weather forecast for the day in that location, wherever you are. And now they're rolling out a redesigned version of that. It just looks much better. If you're on the video, you can see it before and after on the 9to5 Google article of what the interface looked like before when they initially rolled it out and what it looks like now. And this looks like to be like a server-side rollout. A lot of people on the December right. update to, with a Pixel phone, mind you, because this Pixel this Pixel weather app is required for the Google Clock app to be able to show weather information. I don't know why it's architected like that. I'm assuming for privacy-related reasons, but I also don't know why this isn't just available to everyone who uses the Google Clock app. Um, but that's just a tangent of mine. Um, if you have a Pixel phone, and you use the Google Clock app as your clocks and reminders app. When you set an alarm, there's like a toggle you can set to show weather forecast. Be sure to turn that on if you want this updated uh, weather forecast interface after you dismiss an alarm. I really like that. I might need that. Although, to be honest, as much as I like the new design from an aesthetic standpoint, when I first wake up in the morning, I'm going to be able to read. So like the, totally. the design was just like more big text, very yeah. plain big text, spelling, like literally writing out the weather for you today. It will be this tomorrow will be that when I'm like just waking up, that, that's honestly what I need. So I don't know. I kind of like the previous one just from a wind's getting old. I'm getting bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Actually, I think both of these, like when I wake up, sometimes when I wake up first thing in the morning, I can't even see the clock on my... <laughs> On my lock screen, you know what I mean. That that's kind of showing right next to my bed. Let alone like all this little, this little fonty stuff. You know, I'm I'm just I'm I'm gonna be a little too bleary eyed to be able to read that. But I like the feature, and I do think like though that the old implementation has a little bit more context, like a little yes. bit you know a little bit more information there versus. The new one, which is really just relegated to here's what you need to know in very, very simple terms about today and not tomorrow. And I appreciate knowing a little bit of the forecast, but, you know, maybe they're just simplifying and and uh, just cleaning it up, which kind of feels like the pixel way. This almost feels like <laughs> Google Assistant five years ago versus Pixel yeah. 
you know, pixel experience today. Lo- lots of good information, but just not just, just kind of plainly laid out for you as opposed to more like, you know, very, the new design is very material. It's got like mm-hmm. shapes, it's got like cool fonts, everything is kind of like flowing and like yeah. kind of fitting everything else. So I don't know. Yep. Um, I like this. I like it spelled out for me. I'm not, I'm actually not that smart. I need things spelled out for me. So, but you good feature too. though. I will, I actually will turn that on tonight, I think. Right on. All right. Well, finally, uh, in app news, Microsoft Copilot got its launch for Android. So this uh, no longer do you need the Bing mobile app on your Android device if you want to use uh, Copilot. You can now just download the app. Um, I downloaded it and used it a little bit and checked it out. And I mean, you know, it's it's kind of what you expect out of uh, kind of the current large language model thing. You know, if you've used one, you kind of know what you're going to get here is text generation, um, kind of along the lines of ChatGPT. Um, it is uh, image generation via Dolly 3. In fact, there is one feature um, that's interesting. Free access, depending on the mode that you're in, to GPT-4, which if you're going through OpenAI, that's a paid feature. So you can get access to that uh, through here uh, for free. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah, Microsoft Copilot doing its doing its thing uh you know with a with a standalone app i suppose that's that's useful we there's there's so many of these now <laughs> well i mean just you're the ai guy how how integral do you think this i mean the standalone app is to like the yeah. everyday user just because it feels like you know oh, every, yeah. it, there's so much it, it feels like especially from my my dev way of thinking it's all about integrations right totally. like integrating you know ai's into your app but like from your from your observations how how valuable is having a standalone app for these LLMs? I mean, I think I think it's certainly valuable. I think it's nice to have this, especially like not um, not a feature that you can only get if you happen to know that you need to use the Bing browser and mm-hmm. go in, you know, kind of sideways. I think people in the past year have gotten used to the idea, at least the the way these things are presented now. Um, that if I want to use ChatGPT, I got to go to the OpenAI website and use it. You know, it's mm-hmm. the it's the more advanced users that start getting into the integrations and getting into the kind of pulling the API into over here and over there and and doing those kind of advanced things. But the general public that's using AI to do some you know the interesting generative AI stuff, you know, they're just going to the website and, and plunking things into the field. And this is kind of akin to that, in my opinion. This is like Microsoft saying, "All right, we." have an app for the people who just want an app that they can tap on and, and ask it a question, or they can tap on and take a picture of that thing and tell me what that is and give me some context around it versus the integrated, uh, the integrated approach, which I agree with you. I think that's where things get really exciting. That see, that appears to be Google's mentality with what mm-hmm. they're doing, you know, uh, with their app, um, sorry, their AI experience uh, across all their apps and services, really kind of making sure that the AI is where you are already, mm-hmm. not that you mm-hmm. need to remember to go to this place in order to use it. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. both are beneficial, you know, both mm-hmm. have their uses and some people are going to be looking for one versus for the other, if that makes sense. Totally. One thing I really hope to see from Microsoft and OpenAI, like the, their Android developers, is please add like a direct shortcut or like a default assistant integration with Android so that we can launch your app and chat directly with GPT-4, ChatGPT, whatever, without having to open the app and then tap a button. Because mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to try out was like when 
OpenAI released their ChatGPT app for Android, there's like a button you can launch to go into the voice mode, right? But you have to open the app and then manually tap that button. I wanted to see if it was possible to launch directly into that voice mode so that I could set that activity, you know, that shortcut yeah. directly from the lock screen or like just by oh, yeah. holding down the home button, right? Like totally. just like Google that would Assistant. Be super useful. Yeah. That would be super useful, but the Android app doesn't allow for that. That should be doable, just in my opinion, but it also depends on how they've written it. But that should be doable. Yeah. Like yeah, passing along. doable, but they have to add support for it. Right, right. Please do. <laughs> yes, indeed. It, well, what was the phone recently that has the like, uh, well, I, I think actually it might be an iPhone, although I'd be surprised if, uh, if Android phones haven't had this in the past, that like programmable button that can be kind of whatever you want it to be. I can mm-hmm, totally see mm-hmm. you know, assigning that to something like what you're talking about, Michelle. That'd be super useful. And I have to imagine that is coming because that appears to be one of the things that the, you know, the people who are making these AI services really want you to do. They want you to think about that particular service when you have a question that you want to ask and use your voice and, you know, or however you want to ask that question. Um, that seems like that's, that's got to happen if it hasn't already. Well, I just Google, like that. Google is doing it. You're with really the with Bard. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're they're doing this. Like this is going to happen with them, and I think mm-hmm. Microsoft is missing. They're going to miss out by mm-hmm. not having this level of ease of access on Android right, phones. Right. Yeah. I just think it was fu- funny. I, I can't really. Is it three or four years ago where everyone was making fun of Samsung for the Bing button? Is, am I am I misremembering that? There was like a Bing button or the Samsung. There was someone had a Bing button, and and it was just like really easy to make fun of. And now it's like you know 2024 now, uh, and it it just makes a lot of sense now uh, to launch uh, right. <laughs> not Bing, of course, but you know, a very Bing adjacent now product from, oh, the from Bix- a from the Bixby button. Bixby, Bixby. I'm sorry. It was Bixby. Bixby. Am I bad? The side button, Bixby the, button. The Bixby key. Yes, you're right. Okay. That, this is what I, okay. Yes. Now, now it all Thank comes you, full Ch- circle. Cause that's Bixby. what I was, that's what I was reminded of. I was like, God, I feel like we've seen this on Android phones, mm-hmm. even though the, I know that the I, iPhone. And all I wanted to do it was just reprogram it. But now it's yeah. just like, oh. Oh. And now every Android phone, you hold down the power button. By default, it opens Google Assistant. Right, right. Which drives me crazy still, but <laughs> I get it. They're they're driving us to a place. I, I'm just a little annoyed <laughs> by it. They're taking you to a place. Maybe not the place <laughs> you want to go, but they're taking you there to where they want you to be. Just a power button, just a power button, y'all. You can you can give me a a, a Bixby or a Gemini or an assistant button. Just just make it separate. Just give me my power button back. Yeah, okay, give me sorry. a Gemini key and and write Gemini on it, and then give me a Netflix <laughs> key and then write Netflix on it with the red oh, background. And our phones will just remote. be surrounded with buttons, <laughs> shortcut buttons, all labeled to the places that they're going to. Well, that's how they subsidize these premium phones. Yes, just, exactly. Like, just like the Google remotes, right? Our phone so. suddenly only costs $200, but that's because every time I put it in my pocket, it launches Netflix. I don't know why it does that. It keeps doing that. It's lame. Um, okay. All right. We are officially in the feedback portion of this show. Contact at androidfaithful.com. If you want to send us an email, you should, because we love reading them, like Wynn is about to do with this one. Uh, Yes, and our first email uh, is from Zach, who is just north of San Francisco. Um, I've just switched from iPhone to Android Pixel 8 Pro and moved my contacts to Google Contacts, but I am still a lifelong Mac user. But Mac's contacts app was dropping contacts, contacts. They were just disappearing randomly, so I switched to Google. Anyway, my question is, are there any Mac Contacts apps that will sync with Google Contacts and its label system? Mac Contacts will sync but lose the label info and is unreliable anyway. 
it's hard to send emails from Google contacts using the Apple mail app without cutting and pasting, which is not elegant. Any suggestions would be appreciated. Are any of the new Android faithful cast Mac users? Thanks, Zach. Hmm? I'm a Mac user. I'm a Mac user. But I don't ever do this. <laughs> I, I gave up, Zach, a long time ago. Decades ago now. Yeah. On 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 syncing um, contacts or mail with anything Google. I just, yeah, I just do everything in the cloud on Google contacts. Like... Any, any of the stuff that I guess if I was an Apple user, I'd be more inclined to do, you know, to sync things to my desktop into like yeah. an, one of the apps that ships with it and everything. But I'm so embedded in the Google world and doing things in the cloud that it like it doesn't even occur to me to do that. Like, you know what I mean? I think <laughs> you should at least be able to export all your Apple contacts as like a V card file For sure. and then import that into Google contacts. There's going to be a lot Certainly. of fields that will be missing because there might be custom yeah. Apple contacts and yeah. vice versa. But uh, that should at least get, you know, the names, emails, addresses, the most basic information over to Google contacts. Yeah. Don't know about the the label system directly that Zach mentions here. But I think I think that's kind of what you're touching on is that some of those might might import correctly. Some of them might not. Yeah, it's not a, a one to one sort of thing. Yeah, there used to be a lot more third-party apps that tried to do this bridge, but I, I and and I, I feel like I did use one of these maybe like about 15, 16 years ago when I switched over to using Macs for like so I basically have used a MacBook for my most of my adult career, uh, using development because uh, Unix system, uh, it's a Unix system. Um, and I, I think initially I did try to you know integrate all my things, but I think like Jason, I pretty much gave up because. You, something was missing, like pro- probably like you, Zach, where I, there was like a feature like labels or something that just lost the metadata. That was a little bit too much for me to kind of manage on my own. And I just kind of went for the cloud. I'm sorry. No good suggestions. Yeah. Just cloud, cloud it. Do y'all remember when HTC used to have a sync feature that would like sync, pull uh, avatar information from Facebook for like yes. contacts? Yes. Oh, my awesome. contacts have been permanently like, like polluted I still have by some HTC that data. say like, yeah, yes. HTC. Absolutely. Similar, similar. (laughs) Oh, that HTC, you know, in the notes field or whatever, all the like metadata that they'd store in there. Yeah, totally. I do remember that. Thanks for reminding me of those memories. Um, (laughs) All right. Thank you, Zach. Just north of San Francisco. How north of San Francisco? Because I'm just north of San Francisco, too. But anyways, I'm just curious. Okay, Michelle, you got the next one. Yeah, our next email comes in from uh, Chain F from uh, they didn't specify, and they wrote in to say that, "Hey guys, can you discuss on the show how, at least at the time of writing this, Google has failed to meet their already delayed deadline of the end of the year for the launch of the Find My Device trackers?" Thank you. And uh, this is kind of interesting because one of the news items I was proposing for this week's show was to talk about the status of the Find My Device network. And uh, before the year ended, I noticed that. The, um, the unwanted device tracker specification that Google and Apple are jointly working on. Well, Apple and Google actually submitted like version one of this um, specification. It's still in a draft phase, so it's not been finalized. You know, Google just said they expected it to be finalized by the end of the year. That hasn't happened, but it looks like we've made significant progress and it looks like hopefully soon it should be finalized. And I talk about this on Twix. If you're watching the video, I made a tweet or 
Twix, whatever they call it now, <laughs> <laughs> about this um, draft being uploaded to the IETF, the Internet Engineering Task Force. And uh, once this is finalized, then Apple will roll out its implementation of unwanted tracker alerts on iOS, however long that takes. And then once that happens, Google is expected to roll out their Find My Device network because um, the explanation is that Google is waiting for Apple to do their thing and roll out unwanted tracker alerts so that when Google rolls out the Find My Device network, Android users can't use these trackers to stalk and harass iPhone users because, you know, there's billions of Android users, billions of iPhone users. You know, there's going to be a couple of bad eggs who are doing just exactly that. Are we looking forward to being able to track all the things like this? I mean, it sounds like a pretty pretty darn useful feature to me. Yeah, especially Agreed. if um, the Android ecosystem version of AirTags and stuff are finally deploying. Let's let's get let's get all that together. Mm-hmm. Keep people safe. Mm-hmm. If we're gonna keep people safe. Keep that Pandora box closed. Yes, looking indeed. forward to it. Just because I know no one's gonna stop. No one's gonna stop Bluetooth trackers. <clears throat> they're there. No, they're there. They're there. Um, okay. Thank you, Shame. 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 Chime? One of those must have been right, and I apologize for the other ones that were not. Uh, Chuck in Thousand Oaks wrote in. um, Oh, I forgot. I can show the emails. Okay, so here's the first email. Here's the second email for those watching the video. I forgot that I can show these. And then here's the third one. Chuck in Thousand Oaks wrote in to say, with regard to the comments that people have friends that complain about them being shown up as a green bubble, I say that if your friends are that shallow, then it's time to get new friends. I've been using Android phones exclusively since 2008 and have never, ever had anyone even mention a green bubble to me? It's insane if someone should ever bring this up. Regards, Chuck in Thousand Oaks. I agree, Chuck. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think if anyone has really actually brought this up to me. Well, no, you know what? It has happened. I've had friends that have mentioned it, but it was more joking. It was not like yes. a, a shame outcast, like you're out of the you're out of the group sort of thing. It was, you know, it was just a noticing slash joking sort of thing. And I can take it. I can, I can let it roll off me. It's fine. Yes. I, I've only had jokes. It and maybe just one person and they immediately apologize for the joke because they're like, <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but I have, and I've mentioned this before, eavesdropped on people just totally dumping on their friend that has an Android phone. Uh, yeah. And so Chuck, I heartily agree with you. I think it's silly. And especially, I thought someone on the show mentioned about not wanting to, or watching those horrible videos where someone's like, well, I wouldn't even date anyone if they didn't have an iPhone. Right. Better off anyway. Yeah. Which way do you swipe on? Is it swipe right? Is rejection? Whatever. Swipe swipe the bad way. Swipe the no thank you way to that stuff. (laughs) I'm with you, Chuck. Just swipe the bad way on that one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, sick brain guys y'all i'm so sorry I'm, uh, I'm happy to say i don't know the direction i've never i don't used know either. That <laughs> i just don't know but whatever the bad way is time, swipe it. all right well we reached the end of this episode of android faithful ron i hope you've enjoyed your tuesday evening and uh know that you know you your tuesday evening is like you can have one to yourself from time to time it's totally cool because you know what we got you covered. As tonight is our evidence of that. Um, when? What do you want to leave people with? What do you want to plug? 
Uh, yes. Hi, I'm an Android developer. I do that as my day job. And occasionally I talk about Android development things. You can see my talks, associated code and video at my website, randomlytyping.com. And if you want to find me on the interwebs, I technically am on Twix, but you're more likely to find me at places like Instagram and threads at Queen Code Monkey. And I haven't been on Mastodon in a bit, but if, if you if you want to find me there, I'm at Queen Code Monkey at Mastodon.social. Oh. Um, and yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for being with us still in 2024. Indeed. It's going to be a fun year. Thank you, mm-hmm. Wynn. Michelle, what do you want to leave people with? What you got going on? Well, now that the holidays are over, I'm back in the, the news grind trying to dig into Android releases to figure out what's new. And if you want to follow my work and see what's going to happen in Android 15, you can find me everywhere on Twix, on Mastodon, on Threads. Um, just look me up on one of the numerous websites. I usually cross-link, cross-post all the time. And uh, if you want to support my work and see some exclusive posts um, related to Android, you can follow me on patreon.com slash Ramon. And uh, I just busted two things today, in fact. So there's a couple of things to look forward to. And I appreciate your support. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you, Michelle. Um, as for me, well, God, where do I even point people to right now? FreeJasonNewsletter.com is, is where you can go to kind of get updates on what I'm up to because I got a lot of stuff that I'm working on behind the scenes. And I think this month I'm going to have actually have some launches of a few things. So I've got my work cut out for me. So if you go to FreeJasonNewsletter.com, it's just a Substack newsletter and it is free. It's not free, Jason, as in like I'm trapped, help me, let me out. Uh, it's more like it's free. It's Jason. And it's a newsletter.com. So go there um, and you can kind of keep up to date with what I'm doing. Um, my socials can be found at uh, raygun.fun and then patreon.com slash Jason Howell if you want to support me, support me directly. But we, of course, are here doing Android Faithful. That's why we are here. So you can support us directly as a show. Go to patreon.com slash Android Faithful to show your support. Um, you can do the patrons news pick that we did earlier that when uh, introduced uh, in the news segment, you get an ad free feed of the podcast, uh, exclusive content. We just had some exclusive content, hit the feed over the holiday, We've got merchandise, all sorts of things. If you want to support this show and uh, yeah. And you know, no matter what, if you just want to subscribe for free, that that's an option too. just go to AndroidFaithful.com. You can find all the ways to subscribe to the show. I love it when you set off your fireworks when it's just it's just so wonderful. It uh it's it's exactly how we feel each and every time we do Android Faithful for you all. So we are so happy to be here with you each and every week, every Tuesday evening. Uh, AndroidFaithful.com. Send us an email. Contact at AndroidFaithful.com. What else? I don't know. We're on the socials. Look for us. And uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time on Android Faithful. Have a great night and week. <laughs> Bye. it's such a slow fade it's like don't make any noise don't make any noise all right we did it good job jason i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna thank you i think i'm gonna show ron how easy it is to put a over the top image (laughs) 
instead of like <laughs> all the gymnastics that he that he taught me how to do that I obviously still didn't know how to do at the beginning of the show. So packed it, loved it. All right, cool. Thanks, y'all. Um, now we got to pick a title. Now we got to pick a title. title. Yeah. So we're so there's there's probably a link for me to go to do that, right? Yeah. Is it in the doc? Is there a place that I can find it so I can click it? Um, um, uh, Twitch fam. Oh, uh, is it af.showbot.tv? Do you go there or do that's for voting? I don't know. Ah. So, oh, okay. DTNS. I see it. Showbot. I see it. I see it. Okay. Um, although I, I just want to be sure I'm not showing things that I shouldn't show, but I don't think that I am because this is the logged out version. Okay. Uh, this is okay to show, I think. Yes. Okay. This is what we can show. <laughs> I don't want to show something and then then get in trouble later. Can't, cut it out and post. Yeah, I suppose so. Okay, feature hokey pokey appears to be the top of the list, but JJ uh, Smurf fart phone, <laughs> <laughs> which I just thought was hilarious. Uh, probably probably sensible to not have fart phone in our title, but I like it. Uh, hey now, Ooh. hey now, the beep is over. That 48 hours. Oh, that is good. The more I think about it, that 48 Google hours. Feature hokey pokey. <laughs> that's a good one. Feature the what's that? Google feature hokey pokey. Yeah, that's that. That gives it a little bit more context than just feature hokey pokey. Hmm. Uh, can't do quick husbands, even though I understand where you're coming from. Last episode was nearby husbands, and now it's quick, quick, uh, quick share or whatever. Um. Yeah. Google renaming shuffle duffle. <laughs> I just made up Shuffle Duffle is the cousin Sh- of the Hokey Shuffle Pokey. Duffle. Shuffle Duffle. Jason in the captain's chair again. <laughs> That's fine. Thank you, though. Uh, adaptive charging for poopy batteries. Smurst fart phone. Many Smurf fart phone uh, alternatives. Swipe the bad way. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Naming you, is guys. hard. Number one, you have the con. What was that one? I don't remember that one. Um. Zhuzh up your wallpaper. I don't even know how to spell zhuzh. Zhuzh? Is that what that is? That's zhuzh? Zhuzh up. Zhuzh up. Zhuzh up your wallpaper. Google is taking you to a place and pinball and recycling. That last one makes no sense to me. I think Google feature hokey pokey. That's my vote. What do y'all think? I sang it, so I'm I'm for it. The, The Google feature hokey pokey. And then we will remember which episode when saying the hokey pokey and it'll go into our best of that may or may not exist at the end of the year. We'll see. We'll see. Just keep we'll keep track. Everyone keep keep little <laughs> notebooks or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, do that. Yeah. Is there is there a place in like the Discord or something for submitting uh best Oh, can we like pin it? Or no. Just don't put it in Google Tasks because uh you know eventually that'll be killed and migrated. Yeah, yeah. We gotta uh, we gotta be careful. We uh, gotta make sure that uh we put it in a place that's gonna survive forever and ever. We'll figure I that guess out. We, we could use Discord pins or something. Or I'll I But then I'm, that, I'm but then that only allows for club or for patrons to submit oh, best ads. Yes, and we probably yes, want yes, everybody yes, to be yes, able everybody. To no, that. I'm sorry. I was being so exclusive. My bad. Might have y'all. to come up with a, a web interface thingy. Which right, is well, really I'm making a note. It, so. Best of notes. Okay. Wins hokey pokey. Wins Google hokey pokey. <laughs> all right. Is there anything else? I guess we don't have to do like title cards and billboards and all that kind of stuff. No, Jason, you are free. You don't. No, have, I'm you, not free. Just, the rest of well, my night is publishing. But that's uh, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. You're not free. You're free from that particular post. That task. That task. 
All right, cool. Well, I guess the, the main question I have is, are you both free? Because if you both are done, like you don't have to sit, you know, sit here any longer than well, we, we got to stay until our we gotta recordings are uploaded. End the show and then I got to upload. Yeah. Okay. So what do I do? So I end the stream before I end this. Oh, so that ends the stream for everybody. Right. So we're saying goodbye yeah. to everybody. We're saying goodbye. Oh, we're still here. We're still here. Okay, we're still here, but we're saying goodbye to you all. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Android Faithful. For all of your support, you all are so amazing. And we are looking forward to this year, the 2024. 2024, I call it. It's the Android Faithful year. There we go. All right. On purpose this time. On purpose this time. (laughs) Excellent. All right, bye, everybody. Have a great night. We'll see you next time. See y'all. Thanks.